The late Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, said of her, Donna Thomas has lived one of the most exciting, fascinating, and fruitful lives for Christ imaginable. Very, very exciting words from, from Dr. Bill Bright. When you realize that our speaker started out as a stay-at-home mom, the wife of a pastor, but she and her husband founded Project, um, founded Project Partner and worked together for many years in missions organizations uh, promoting missions. She has had the opportunity in her lifetime to travel to over 70, to 74 different countries. She's been to China 16 times, 15 times to India. She's had the privilege of uh, training pastors in 18 different countries. Uh, along with all of the missions work that she's done, she's been the author of the book, Climb Another Mountain. And God has taken her from the parsonage and has taken her around the world in service to him. It's a demonstration of the fact that a life yielded to Christ always bears fruit. I trust that you'll listen to what uh, God has to say to you through his servant today. Please welcome Donna Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. So great to be here. Look at all the future you have ahead of you. I'm delighted to be with you. Now I want you to try something with me. Are you ready to try something strange? Hmm? Okay. Pretend you are 85 years old. Okay, you got it? Now your head's great. Sit back in the chair, kind of way back, okay? Sit back like that. That's it. Now, your left shoulder hurts a bit, you know, because all these years that arthritis. Um, that knee's gonna have to have knee replacement surgery before long. Which knee is it? I don't know which one is yours. Got one of those knees? It's got trouble? Uh, 85, sitting there in that rocking chair. How's it feel? Think back now over your life. Remember when you were in college? Down there in Marion, was it Indiana? And now you're here, 85 years old, in a rocking chair. What has happened to all those years? And what have you done? What have you done? What have you done in all those 60 or so years? What has happened to your life? Well, it's gonna go fast. Now you can be back your age, okay? <laughs> but there will be a day that you will figure this out, you know? And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in your life in those 60 years. That's why you're here, isn't it? You're planning your future. You're planning your future. Well, I've got some scriptures I want you to look at today. We're gonna to look at one of them is Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, you wanna pull out your Bible, it's fine. If you wanna write this down, it's fine. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Do you believe that? Has God got special plans for you? Or is that just a scripture in the Bible? No, I believe that's a scripture for every one of us. 
God has special plans for you because, go back to, to Psalms 139. Psalms 139 said, he knew you when you were being knit in your mother's womb. Now, nobody else knew you at that time, but God knew you before you were ever born. Now, if you want to think about that, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? For God to know you before you were ever born and to make plans for you, we're talking about the God of the universe. The Creator is up there in the heavens, and He feels you are so important. You are that important that He has plans for you, and He knows all about you. Now, do you think that's important? It's pretty neat, isn't it? to think that the Creator knows all that. There's another scripture, and it's in Isaiah 30, 21. If you wanna write this one down or look at it, whether you turn to the right or whether you turn to the left, there's a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Do you ever need that one? Do you ever need that scripture? Isaiah 30, 21, whether you Turn your, to the right or to the left, There's a, ear, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Do you need that one? I do. I need to know that, and I need to know the right way to walk. And I'm not the age you are, I'm a little bit older than you are, but I still need that just as much as you do. Well, God did, did have plans for David when he wrote the Psalms. God did have plans for Jeremiah and God did have plans for Isaiah. But God today has plans for you because David, Jeremiah, and Isaiah aren't here. Who's here? You are. You're the one that God has plans for. And that's the neat thing. Now, you remember he had plans for Moses. So Moses was out there tending sheep back over in the back part of the desert, tending sheep, and what happened? He saw a burning bush, he heard God's voice, and God said to him, I got a job for you, Moses. It's uh, kind of a big job. I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let his slaves go, let the Israelites go. Now, which one of you would like to have had that job? You want God to say that to you? I mean, this is a big job. It's scary, right? It scared Moses and he said, I don't want to do that. He tried to get everybody else to do it. He tried to tell, Jesus, tell God that he couldn't do it, but God said, you're the man and you're the one to do it. I'll give you a helper, but you're the man. So he did. Now, remember Jesus was walking down the road along the Sea of Galilee and he stopped here and he saw those fishermen over there and he said to them, now, I want you to forget about job security and money in your pocket and what you're doing with your family. Leave that and follow me. Was that easy? Was it easy just to leave? The, I mean, we just read over that. Okay, they left their nets and followed Jesus, but that must have been hard. It must have been hard just to leave their net, leave all they knew and follow this man that they did not know. Yet they did that. Now, you gals, how would you like to have been Mary and had the angel come and say, I've got a special job for you? That would have that scared you real good, wouldn't it? 
But God has plans for everybody and every one of you, and he had plans for me, and he still has plans for me. That's the fun part of it. He had plans for Nathan. Remember Nathan was the prophet uh, at the time of David, and he gave Nathan a nice job. The king, David, you know, the kings in those days, if, you didn't, if they didn't like you, they'd just chop off your head. And here Nathan was told to go tell the king that he had sinned and done wrong. You want to go tell anybody that they've done wrong or somebody in authority that they've done wrong. Try that one. But that's what the job was that Nathan gave, that God gave to Nathan. Or Paul, the Apostle Paul. Was on, he had his agenda, he was out there on the way, and God changed his mind because he gave him a special appointment, a special thing to do. Well, I've had some challenges in my life too, some big challenges. You see, when I went to college, I was just a scared little girl. Now, you probably don't realize that, but I was very timid. And I had grown up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I did not know much about the world, and, and I did not have a clue what was gonna happen to my life, or you know, just work through today. Just get through today. But then the Lord worked a lot of things out for me. One thing, which was very wonderful for me, he found me a great husband in college. Maybe that will happen to you. He found me a great husband in college, and we went to Wichita, Kansas to start a church. Now, if you, ever, you haven't started a church. You haven't been involved in that. But at that time, there were no, there were no uh, instructions on how to do this. We didn't know how, but we were challenged to start a church. And that's what I want you to look at today are the challenges that come to your life. There are challenges. Here's this challenge, start a church. Do we do it or we do not do it? Well, that's what life is like, challenges and responses. You're going to make all kinds of decisions. You're going to make little decisions like, uh, do we use ketchup on the hamburger? Or you're going to make major decisions like, do we go plant a church or do we go to the mission field or whatever? All kinds of decisions. That's up to you and your response to the challenge. So we responded to the challenge to build a church. Started a church, we were doing well. And we'd been about 10 years in that church, and then we had an evangelist that came, and he did a good job preaching, and he was at, at our dinner table uh, at night and teaching our little boys. We had three little boys, teaching them how to say bread and butter and please and thank you in Spanish. And that was neat. That was fun. We had a good time there. He was telling us about Mexico and Latin America, and we didn't know anything about it, so it was interesting. Then as he was getting ready to leave, he put his hand on my husband's shoulder and he said, young man, and he realized this was a few years ago, young man, you really won't be doing for the Lord what you need to do if you don't get a heart for missions. You must get a heart for missions. Okay, that was a challenge. How do we respond? Okay, how do you get a heart for missions? Well, we decided there has to be a way. So right after Christmas, we loaded those three little boys in, this, in the back of the station wagon. We headed for Mexico, went down to Mexico. We discovered that the Lord was on the south side of the Rio Grande as well as on the north. That was amazing. That was amazing. It was great. Had a wonderful time. Came back, 
came back to the church, and guess what? They were just like we left them. They had not had that experience. So how are we going to change this? All right, we got a challenge. How are we going to get a church to recognize missions like we did, to feel for it? A challenge. What do you do? Got any ideas? Well, we bought a bus, a big bus. It took three-fourths of our year's salary to buy it. Of course, we got a loan to the bank, and we bought it. We took a risk. We accepted the challenge. We bought a bus. We started taking our people to Mexico. It was great. It was working. Then there's the next step. The Lord was saying to us, there's more to the world than Mexico. There's Guatemala, there's Nicaragua, there's Haiti, there's Jamaica. The bus isn't going to go there. What do we do now? Challenge, right? A challenge. How do you respond? Guess what we did? We bought a 40-passenger airplane. Now, sometimes you have to be a little crazy for the Lord, don't you? But it worked. It worked. We started a Christian, uh, missions agency. We had this 40 passenger airplane. It was exciting. We would take people from Indiana to Panama, from Texas to Haiti or wherever, Ohio to, Haiti, to Jamaica, all different kinds of places to do work camps, to do, build churches and schools and hospitals. And it was exciting to do those kind of things. It was great. The Lord had worked that out. So, of course, when you get an airplane, you get all kinds of stories, you know. Back, we were met by fixed bayonets and machine guns in uh, Guatemala. That was interesting. Would that be the right term for it? Interesting? We had a stowaway on board out of Nicaragua one time. Mm-hmm. What do you do with a stowaway? Is he going to take over the plane? Well, no, he didn't. We were the pond between the United States and Mexico back in 1974, the year you don't remember, but 1974, which was the first fuel crunch, we were the pond between the United States and Mexico. But then the big one, the big one was we had to permit to overfly Cuba and Castro changed his mind and forced us down in Cuba. Now, you have all kinds of stories and all kinds of experiences when you follow the Lord. And does he bring you through them? I'm here today to tell you that he does bring you through them. And wonderful things happen. Yes, you have problems. Yes, you have opportunities. Yes, you have challenges. And you make your response to what you think, what you feel, what you hear the Lord telling you to do. Now, I want you to think again as if you could see through the eyes of Jesus Christ. If Jesus was standing right here, I'm here, Jesus was here. He's looking out at you. What does he see? He looks in your faces. He looks up there. He looks in the back. He sees you. He sees your pain. He sees your joy. He sees your frustration. He sees you. You remember it said Jesus saw the multitude and had compassion on them. He reacted to the multitude because he had compassion on them. That's what we're supposed to do with our life is see the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ. When you go to Target, look at the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Don't go there just to buy things. Go look at people. Go look go at the mall. Go to Kmart. Go to Meyer, whatever store. 
Go to these places and look at these people through the eyes of Jesus Christ. What kind of people are there? What kind of people are there? Well, that's what God has for us to do, to look at these people, to look at them and to respond to them and to see how things are going. I was in China a few years ago, several years ago, and I had a guide. This was right after the bamboo curtain was gone. I had a guide and he asked me this question when he found out I was a Christian. He said, is that your religion? And I said, yes, my religion. So he didn't know anything about Christianity. Then he said, does your religion help you with your problems? Is that a good question? That's a good question for everybody, everywhere. Does your religion help you with your problems? So I got to tell him about my religion. And it was neat, I got the chance to tell him. But when we went to Tiananmen Square, see this was a long time ago, and they hadn't seen any Americans before. And you know, I look so strange. I don't have the right color hair, my skin's not the right color, my eyes don't slant right, and they were just staring at me, all these people. They were staring, but in my heart, they were saying to me, why don't you tell us about your religion? If it helps you with your problems, why don't you tell us? I don't speak Chinese. I got a challenge. How am I gonna answer this challenge? How do I respond to that? I didn't know. I prayed about it, went back the next year, still didn't have the answer. Went back the next year, still didn't have the answer. Then another year, I went back and my friend took me over to Macau, which is a, was a Portuguese province on the mainland of China, and introduced me to a, a Chinese pastor, and the Chinese pastor said, would you help me build a church in mainland China? This was 1984, you can't build a church in China. He had the blueprints. He had the government permission. What do you want from me? He wanted money. He wanted $18,000. Which one of you has $18,000 in your pocket today that would give me? <laughs> well, right, I didn't have $18,000 either, but that was a challenge. All right, do I help this man or do I not help this man? This is China, build a church, but I don't have the money. Challenge, my response. But I did say to him, if you give me a year, I'll go home and raise the money. So I did. I came home, it wasn't hard to raise the money. I raised the money, sent it over there, and went back then the next year for the dedication of that church building. It was phenomenal. I had a great time and I thought, now, thank you, Lord, this is finished, I'm done. Is the Lord ever finished with you? No, he's always got something else. Guess what the pastor said to me then? He said, I need to tell you that this is really the headquarters of the underground church in China. Wow. I said, what does that mean? He said, we've got 350 pastors and 200,000 believers. Wow. Now, it goes back to the what if. What if I had told him, no, I can't do that. I can't raise the money. God gives you challenges and you have to respond. I'm still working with that man. That man is reaching millions of people across China. And what if I had chosen to say, I can't do that, I can't do that. That's up to you. You can say at times, I can't do that. Or you can say, yes, Lord, use me. 
What is your life going to be? Where is it going to go? You've got 60 years. I didn't have a clue I could do any of these things. I was just a timid little girl out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the Lord has used me in these ways. I didn't even know where the places were. The Lord used you one step at a time, one inch at a time, one mountain at a time, whatever you want to say at a time. The Lord will use you as you say, Hear my Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to follow you. You are the master of the universe. My time is only a limited time here, but I want to be used of you. And I want you to know that you are special. Nobody in this world can do what you can do. Let me say that again. You're special. There is not another person in this whole world that can do what you can do. God has his plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to help you, plans to give you a voice behind so your ears can hear which way to go, plans for you to respond, plans for you to change part of this world for him. I believe that with all my heart and soul. I could never have done any of these things without the power of, the, of Jesus Christ and God. But he ordered my steps. He showed me the way. And it's just remarkable now. I could go on and on and on. I got stories with the tons to tell you, but I think you've got to go to a class, something like that. So that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. God, the supreme God of the universe, is in charge of everything, and he wants to help you make a difference in this world. You are unique. Nobody else is like you. You will be given a job that no one else is given. Don't forget that. Remember that. Now, I want you to repeat this after me. I want you to repeat three things after me. First one is, the Lord has his plans for me. The Lord has his plans for me. All right. The next one is, I am special in his sight. I am special in his sight. And the last one is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Believe that. Work on it. Go for it. Here you are today sitting in this auditorium and you're not 85 years old. You have all these years ahead of you. Make them count. Does that make sense? Make them count for God. You are unique. Let's bow a minute in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are our God, that you have your plans, because we don't know how to make those plans. Father, we pray that you'll just bless each one in this auditorium today. Bless them, strengthen them, help them to hear your voice behind them, direct them paths, help them to choose to respond, to accept the challenges, and to be useful to you in their life, their whole life, Lord, so they can be exa exactly what you want them to be. We ask all this, Lord. Bless each one of them from the time they leave here all the rest of their life. In Jesus' name, amen.